0: Hey, everybody, this is Jimmy Corain, and you're listening to another episode of Improv Nerd. And we have two great sponsors for today's episode. Our first sponsor is Mick Napier's new book, Behind the Scenes, Improvising Long Form. Now, Napier is the founder of the Annoyance Theater, and he has just released his brand new book, Behind the Scenes, Improvising Longform. This book talks about the complexities of longform and gives you tips on how to make it more accessible to non-improv audiences. Also, his first book, Improvise, Scene from the Inside Out, was recently re-released with two new chapters. Both books are available for only $15 at the Annoyance Theater in Chicago or online at Amazon.com. And this episode is also sponsored by the wonderful Houston Improv Festival. And submissions are open now for the Houston Improv Festival through January 31st. This year, the festival is at a brand new state-of-the-art Midtown Arts and Theater Complex in Houston. In addition to great shows, workshops, and after parties, there will also be a pub crawl and other fun events at uniquely Houston destinations. I went down there last year, and I had a blast. Houston has got a thriving improv community, and they're really nice people. This year's festival is April 28th through May 1st, and submissions, are you ready for this, are only $25. All you need to do is go to HoustonImprovFestival.com slash submissions. That's Houston HoustonImprovFestival.com slash submissions. And don't forget that time is running out to register for my popular two-person scene tune-up one-day workshop on January 2nd and my award-winning Artist Low Comedy Advanced Level class starting on January 6th. To register, just go to my slick new website at jimmycorain.com. That's jimmycorain.com. Guess what I got for you today. I, I just want you to just think for just a second. Just close your eyes and guess. You guessed it, right? We have another great episode of Improv Nerd for you, but think about it. I really want you to think about it. I know I say this on every podcast, but I want you to really think about it. When was the last time we had a bad episode? I'm thinking, and I'm I'm drawing a blank, actually. And this episode is no exception. This is our best of 2015. Our year-end review. Our staff picks. And we've assembled our staff. The people who know these episodes inside and out. The people who've worked so hard and so tireless and had to put up with me for a whole year. That's not an easy thing because I'm not an easy person to work with. Let me tell you, I can be controlling, and uh, I'm always very paranoid about the sound because we've lost a couple really good episodes uh, due to the sound. So when the sound doesn't go right, I am crazy. So they've had to put up with that. They have all brought today their two favorite moments of 2015 with Some honorable mentions at the end. Joining us today on this episode is Dan Schiffmacher. He is the producer of Improv Nerd. Not only does he put the audio together so we have the episodes up and edits them, he also heads up the three camera shoot of the live episodes of Improv Nerd here in Chicago. And then he edits all those videos for our YouTube channel. You probably didn't even know we have a YouTube channel. And you can check that out at Improv Nerd Podcast. All one word is our YouTube channel. Also joining us is Sam Bowers. He's the director of the live version of Improv Nerd here at Stage 773. And he has just done a great job because he has to manage probably the hardest personality in the improv nerd, and that's me. He's got to make sure I get there on time, and then I don't screw around with the microphones because if I screw around with the microphones, we're not going to have sound, and then I'm going to be really upset. So he has to deal with that, and he, he also deals with uh, the, the guests and coordinating the guests, and he's just done a great, great job of that. Also joining us is Lauren Karain. She is not only my wife she's the head of the interns, but she does so much more. She's the brains, the marketing genius behind Improv Nerd. She's the reason that you get an episode every week and a blog every week, because you know what? I'm pretty lazy and flaky, but the worst part is I get in so much fear, I can't take any action. If it wasn't for Lauren constantly lighting a fire under my ass, nothing would get done. Join Lauren, Sam, Dan, and myself as we pick out two of our favorite moments for 2015. Enjoy. He's a nerd. Oh yeah. Jimmy's a nerd. He's a nerd. Oh yeah. Jimmy's a nerd. He's a nerd. Oh, that is—that means the hol- it's it's the 2015 best Moments of improv nerd because we all had to sing the theme song of <laughs> Jimmy Rain. We all written, had to. Yes, sing we it. did, uh, and we did. Uh, of course, that was written by uh, Tony Rogers. Does not get enough credit for that song. People say it's in their heads. Gotcha. Uh, so uh, let me welcome uh, our staff today, picking their best moments of ImprovNer 2015. Uh, Sam Bowers, who is the director of ImprovNer, the live version. Sam, welcome.
1: Th- thanks for having me on your show, Jimmy. You're welcome. <laughs> it's, a, it's an honor to be a guest on the, on the show. How uh, did you get on the show? It's the luckiest job I ever got in my life. I was an, in, I was an intern on uh, ImprovNer with Jimmy Corain for a week. And then in week two, I was the director of Improvner with Jimmy Crane, Mm -hmm. uh, thanks to some uh, other people getting new jobs and uh, timing.
0: And that's what happens. It's uh, it's a stepping stone, hopefully, Sam. Uh, Dan Schiffmacher, our producer, the one who makes me sound so slick and so professional each week. Dan, welcome to our uh, Best Moments of 2015 Improv Nerd Special.
2: Thank you, Jimmy. It's good to, good to be here. I love what you do with the, with the set. The set looks great. Great.
0: Of course, uh, we're in uh, our living room slash dining room slash kitchen. It's all m- m- included in one room. Yeah, it's great. Also uh, joining us is my wife, Lauren Karain. Her official title is Head of Interns. Welcome, Lauren. Hi. How are you? And how'd you get the title of Head of Interns?
3: I said, I want to be the head of the interns. <laughs> and you said, okay.
0: I think it was, <laughs> you wanted to be an intern, and you felt really oh, yeah. hurt. That's and right. then I said, well, why don't you be the head of, head of the intern? Right. And so. you moved Sam Bowers up to director as their first order <laughs> of head of the intern.
2: <laughs> so I
3: also do the PR. I you also listen.
0: do the PR and the marketing and tuck in my shirt for the live shows. Yes. Tuck in shirt. All right, so here we go. Let's start. We're going to start with Sam Bowers. His first pick of best moment, his best moment of 2015 for Improv Nerd. Sam, what was your, what's your first pick?
1: Uh, my first pick was our episode with Rush Howell. Um, one of my favorite parts of getting to direct Improv Nerd is uh, I am an Improv Nerd myself, and I go out and I see all sorts of shows across Chicago, um, and being the director, i um, I then get to enjoy working with the guests, who are oftentimes some of my heroes. So I requested Rush uh, before this last season because he's one of, if not my favorite improvisers in the city. I go see him all the time. I'm think i like a super fan. I think he's afraid that I stalk him. Um, And so he he came on and I was just sort of fangirling over him the entire time. Uh, But then the highlight of that episode itself was that's my favorite improv scene between Jimmy and a guest that we've had since I've been on the show. Uh, During the show, I sit upstairs in the booth, and I'm working with the the lights and the sound, um, and I have the window shut so that nobody hears me talking to our our light guy or any other distracting thing like that. And during that set, I I was screaming and howling at the top of my lungs. I was laughing so hard uh, at Rush as he explained how to be a good um, uh, timeshare salesman, you have to... uh, get people to buy timeshares by being exceptionally racist to them. So I was in tears, screaming and howling at the top of my lungs in the soundproof booth <laughs> above the theater. And
0: here's that scene right now.
4: When you're selling, you don't worry about stereotypes because stereotypes are real. That's how you reach out. That's how you connect to someone, okay? All right? You know who I sell the best to? The absolute best to are the Jews?
0: I don't even want to hear it, Bill. Okay.
4: Please, please, I don't want to hear it. The notoriously stingy I cannot, Jews. I cannot I get, Bill. I get those stingy Jews Bill. on the phone, Bill. I and I hear say, it. no, you, you listen to me, Bob. I say, hey, I bet you won't buy it. I bet you will not buy a timeshare, because you are a stingy Jew. And Bill. they half of them, boom, click, we're done. The other half, we're done the other way. It's over, I've sold them. If you don't hang up on me, if you don't hang up on me on the first, just straight up racist stereotype line, then you are buying a timeshare.
0: All right, uh, that was Sam's first pick, and we're going to go to you now, Dan Dan Schiffmacher, the producer of Improv Nerd. Uh, your pick for one of the best moments of 2015. 2015, okay. Um, Do you remember it? Yeah. It was how was it for you personally? 2015? Yes. Way better than 2014. Yes, 2014, you were experiencing a rough breakup. It was
2: a rough, rough breakup, and now I'm in a relationship. Right, now, so it's a complete congratulations. Because Lauren you, yeah. and
0: I were very uh, concerned uh, during <laughs> the breakup, weren't we, Lauren? We were. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It Thank was a, you. Uh, you know.
0: You were in a bit of a funk. It I was, would say. <laughs> Yeah.
2: Anybody who's listened to the last year's episode, now listening to this year, I'm much better. Right. And I, think, I think you can hear it
0: in Dan's voice. He's got a lot more life to him. You know, he's he's a, he's got a little more bounce to his step, a little more color to his face. Oh, thank you.
2: Uh, yeah, great year. Um, you know, my one of my favorite moments comes from TJ and Dave because they're like kind of improv idols, you know, the masters at work kind of thing. I missed that episode and I really wanted the first, it was the opener of the When you season. say you
0: missed it, you weren't, because you usually record the video recording. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I wasn't there for the, I wasn't there for the live You were shooting a movie. Yeah, I was, An independent film. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it just, I love hearing them talk about just being honest and patient and just, you, you went into a little more detail with them, asking them, well what does being honest mean, being true, how do you, how do you really be honest in a scene and not in your head and stuff like that. And then like I think TJ does a really good job explaining it. Um, and then li- a literal example of that happens right uh, as they're explaining
0: it because everybody laughs. So it's a really cool And moment. here's that clip you're talking about right now. Because when I, when I focus on, OK, I'm going to play it honestly. I'm not going to worry about the funny. I feel like I'm censoring myself.
5: This is different, right? Okay. Yeah. That's a Jimmy Carrane problem. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't asking to censor anything, but it's not asking to also bolster anything. It's not asking to, you know, that's the difference. You've taught enough classes where someone comes up to do a scene, and they're excited and, you know, very invigorated about doing a scene, and then you say, just play yourself, and they go like this.
6: Mm.
5: And, like, whatever joy was just themselves, they have just removed from the equation because they think that doesn't fit with just being you honestly. So like, um, to, to say to someone, just be yourself, involves a lot of wonderful things. But that, that censoring thing, for some reason, people often think, oh, that's not, that's not what they're talking about. They're talking about be, be serious and grounded and truthful. You just were a second ago, and you had a big, big beautiful smile on your face, and you were excited. Like, that didn't sacrifice your honesty, your integrity, your believability. Yeah, honesty doesn't prohibit comedy.
0: Hmm. You'll have to explain that
7: to
6: me. <laughs> 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 just responding honestly.
1: It's not saying, oh, you, but you can't, you have to be honest <laughs> and unfunny. It just <laughs> happened. <Right>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Great, and now we're moving on to Lauren. Uh, Lauren Corain, Head of Interns. That's your official title. Do you have stationery that says Head of Interns? Improvinary? Not yet. Not yet. 2016. Uh, 2000, yeah. Uh, we'll be looking for that at 2016. What is you, one of your favorite moments uh, of 2015?
3: I really like the episode with Dana Curcioli. Um, overall, I just think she... Is just a really great improviser. I'd seen you improvise with her with, uh, with Jimmy and Johnny.
0: Uh, John Heldreth, yeah.
3: And thought she was great. And then um, her episode, there was so much I loved about it. She talked about um, working at Disney World, which is one of my like fantasies <laughs> in life. Um, she talked about a great friendship with Colleen Doyle. Um, but one of the parts I really liked about it was when she talked about being a goody two-shoes, which I really can relate to because I am a total goody two-shoes, and um, how improv gives her a chance to, you know, have a different life on stage and do all kinds of crazy things that she wouldn't do in her real life. And um, I just really liked when she talked about that.
0: Great. And here's that clip from that episode. (laughs)
8: Um, I real like, I'm just saying, like, when I started... I was too afraid to have any life experiences because I have an overdeveloped sense of guilt and a need to please people, right? So I couldn't do anything wrong. Um, I still I still don't like to do anything wrong. So, um, but when I started improvising, it was on stage that I could be whatever I wanted and there was no guilt attached to it. So it's not that I like got on stage and lost my virginity. <laughs> Though I understand there are some shows that you can see like that further south. But, um, or in different countries, but um, you know, I, so it wasn't that. But I, I like I very quickly realized like I can be whatever I want on stage, and there's no guilt attached to it.
0: I think it's very interesting because I'm the same way. I don't want to make mistakes in
8: life. Yet we choose improv, which is really all about making mistakes. Yeah, isn't it great? <laughs> you can you can f up so many times, and it's washed away and it's brand new. And I yeah, and I, I just think for people like me and you, obviously who have like the, and. Just to try to be a good person in your day to day life, it's pretty fun to not have to be that on stage.
0: All right, now it's my turn. My fav- One of my favorite moments of 2015. I- are you guys excited? I'm excited. To-
1: I'm excited because this is, if you are in one of Jimmy's favorite moments, that's a career maker yeah, for you. Yes. That's, that's a ticket to Lauren Michaels' office. <laughs> that's all the way up the ladder. I
0: mean, how many people have been on the show that have ended up? In main stage, getting a, a gig at main, Second City Main stage. Oh, Almost every guest, yeah. has,
2: has been there. <laughs> or at least the re- that's why Sam jumped on. He's like, "All right, <laughs> that's why I'm here." Right? What's the, the it was Korean either
0: go to, go to take classes at conservatory, or you could uh, direct improv nerd. One way or the other,
1: uh, can't have
0: both. <laughs> one of my favorite episodes is Joel Murray. Now, I, I know Joel uh, starting out in the '80s uh, at the Improv Olympic, and then he went on to to main stage cast, and. Uh, uh, what I loved him was, and I'm a huge Bill Murray fan as well, I love to get Bill Murray on the podcast. Anyways, uh, I, lo- I loved when he was talking about his when his brother uh, Bill Murray uh, and Joel had gotten this the, this part before he even got hired at uh, uh, Second City Touring Company. He got he was got a part in one crazy summer. He got a lead in a movie, and he calls his brother, and his bro- and his brother Bill basically says, and you'll hear it in the clip, like, "What are you doing? You know, we expected more out of you." <laughs> and uh, so here is that clip from the Joel Murray episode
6: there was a bump in the road Uh strange bump I went on I got an agent from Dell uh, got me in Gettys and uh, I was with the Gettys agency and the first audition they sent me on I went for this movie One Crazy Summer or Greetings from Nantucket it was called at that point and I went to read to play John Cusack's buddy in the movie and uh, the callback they say yeah the callback's in Hyannis like what? And this is the first thing I've ever auditioned for other than, you know, high school plays. And uh, so they fly me to Hyannis. and I go to the d- gate and I've got a, the ticket counter and I've got a first class ticket to Hyannis. This is amazing. And Jeremy Piven comes up with his father, Byrne. a <laughs> legendary actor. And Baron's is a fabulous actor, I'll yeah. tell you myself. But... Um, Jeremy had been in like the Goldie Hawn movie. He had been in, you know.
0: Plus, he was best friends with. But John he Cusack. was
6: Cusack's real best, best friend. friend. Yeah. But I, I'll never forget Byrne Piven. Like, I, <laughs> of course, he doesn't have any ID. He's, I mean, he's a child. I'm, dude. I'm Byrne Piven. I don't know if you know who I am. Of course, you know who I am. But uh, he somehow talked him into giving Piven the ticket. And uh, on the flight there, I, uh, I told Piven. Uh, I was laughing at the newspaper. He said, what's so funny? I'm like, oh, it's just my horoscope. It's, yeah, I'm an Aries. Everything's coming up. Roses, the world is your oyster. Wow, that's that's just funny. What are you? Uh, oh, you know, Taurus. Oh, prepare for setback. Oh, n- not everything is meant to be, you know, this thing. And I just made it up off the top of my head to like, try to psych him out. And I thought he'd realize I was joking, but...
0: Because you knew he had a better shot than oh, you. Oh yeah, huh? I did.
6: The first thing I ever did in my world, you know. Uh, and he, he's meanwhile's got a shaved chest because he just had to play a high schooler in a base, you know, in a football movie. I'm like, there's no way in the world I'm going to get this. And then I go to Hyannis and I get the part. And uh, they're kind of like, okay, well, we're going to send you a costumer. We're going to fly you down to Boston, or, and uh, you're going to go with these costumers. I'm like, I got the part. Yeah, so. And Piven played the bad guy's best friend. So I guess it was going to be that way. You know, one of us was going to be the other. And I guess I was the nicer kind of guy. And uh, it was phenomenal. And there I am in Hyannis for two and a half months. uh,
0: Before you go to do the training company at Second City?
6: Right. So I go do this movie... And uh, all the other Barons Barracudas, meanwhile, have auditioned for Second City and gotten hired into the touring company. And so I come back from doing this movie.
0: Now, do they give you shit that you're a big movie star kind of thing?
6: A little, you know. But they're all excited because they got hired, right? And, and they they're, they've got their feather in their cap. And all of a sudden, I'm I'm in with the second wave of the Barons Barracudas, and uh, I'm like, what the? Heck? Well, my people are all gone, and. Uh, and Joyce Sloan called me up and uh, called me into her office and said, oh, no, no, we hired you, too. And uh, so I didn't audition for the Second City. I got hired. Uh, and people to this day are still bitter about that one, that I got hired well, what without kind auditioning.
0: Of, did, what kind of shit did they give you?
6: Oh, yeah, just the people just, you know, that it was nepotism, that you know I got in because of my brothers or whatever like that. Was
0: that hard for you? I mean, because at this time, your brother Billy is a huge... Yeah. Start. How do you navigate Second City? How do you navigate life with with having Bill Murray, Brian Doyle Murray as your brother? How, how do you go through life at that point?
6: Well, at that point, yeah. yeah. I mean, I remember. Quick side note: when I got the part for one crazy summer, I called my mother and she wasn't around. I tried. I didn't know you know have any phone numbers or anything, but I knew Billy's number by heart, and I called Billy, and he right away said, "You know, we always expected more of you." You don't want to do this. You don't want to be an actor. It sucks the life out of you. It, it's it's a horrible world. It's a personal rejection. It's it's rejection, rejection. And he tried to t- talk me out of the part I just got. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm I'm good, thank you. And I'm I'm thinking in my head, you're in a ten million dollar house that this career has given you. You know, uh, give me a break. But, How did
0: you feel about that? Because as you're telling me, I just feel sad. It's yeah. like here's this guy who's achieved all this stuff, and his little brother is getting a a a. a, a Good
6: break. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's one of those funny things, you know. How do you how do you make a foremost authority on anything? Give them millions of dollars, and then all of a sudden they're the foremost authority on everything. You know, your life. But, but I uh, I ignored that.
0: All right, we're back to you now, Sam. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, your one of your best moments of 2015 Improvner. I want you to just take a little time with this. I don't want you to jump. I want you to really. Make sure you pick a good one this time.
2: Yeah, because your last my one. My last one was terrible. Your last one. It's a huge I think, mistake. I think you rushed it a little bit. <laughs> you have all That just... is,
1: and yeah.
0: somebody's having a comedy relapse
1: right Woo! in front of <laughs> You just heard the uh, last appearance of <laughs> 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 That's why he's a great producer. He's a great producer. Right behind the scenes. <laughs> um, well, if I'm being slow, calm, cool, and collected, mm-hmm. and I have my wits about me, I have to go with... Uh, from this summer, uh, Dick Chudnow and Matt Elwell of Comedy Sports. That was a big moment for me. Good choice. Good um, pick. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I played Comedy Sports for years um, before I was in uh, Chicago and working on Improv Nerd. So, Comedy Sports is a very, and especially Matt and Dick, those two gentlemen have a very uh, special place uh, for me in my heart. Uh, and then I had been a big Improv Nerd fan long before I had moved to Chicago. So, uh, this last summer at the Comedy Sports World Championships in the Quad Cities uh, in Western Illinois, I sort of got to marry two of my favorite improv um, things. I got to marry comedy
0: sports with Jimmy Corran and Improv Nerd. And I'm going to add a third thing. It was in Rock Island, which you love that. The Rock, Quad Cities.
1: Mm-hmm. The Quad Cities, amazing. If you can find your way out there, they don't have Amtrak that goes there yet. You want to
2: say something really cool about that? Mm-hmm. Is I watched two people get married in the Comedy Sports Theater in Quad at Cities. At the
1: Establishment there in, in downtown Cities. Rock Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, amazing setup they have at the Establishment Theater, uh, home of Comedy Sports Quad Cities. Um, so we were out there for the World Championships, and Jimmy came out and hosted an episode of Improv Nerd um, with Dick now, the founder of Comedy Sports, and Matt Owa, who's the, uh, the the president Uh, The executive director of Comedy Sports.
0: And that episode went on for how many
1: days? (laughs) That episode. That episode. I told Jimmy before we started the show that we were not under any strict time restraints. You know, it's not
0: a good thing to tell. Normally, normally
1: we're at stage seven seven three here in Chicago, and we love them. But there are other shows that have to get in the theater after us, so we're sort of on a time that we got to get out of there. But when we were at the World Championships for Comedy Sports, we had the Establishment Theater, huge, gorgeous, multi-hundred seat space, um, all to ourselves for hours and hours and hours. So I said, Jimmy. You know, Dick Chudnow is an amazing guy. He's, he's been around for so long. Take your time. Dig in deep. Get the real story, as only Jimmy Corain knows how to do. And Jimmy really took that to heart. Uh, I can't tell you how many times I was sitting up in the booth, waving my arms and flashing my phone, trying to get Jimmy's attention just to get him to move on to the next subject. I believe the final episode is like an hour and a half. It's like yeah. 90 minutes. Yeah. But the, the full taping is like almost two and a half hours long. Um, and it's all great stuff and everybody in the audience, they were comedy sports people and they love to hear it. Um, but I think we were like, this is going to be a hell of an edit if you don't get out of here soon.
0: So what clip do you have from that length? There was so much time. So much. Yeah. Um, well, the
1: great thing about comedy sports is it comes from this man, Dick Chudnow, who is the epitome of joy and fun. Uh, and he's just all about having a good time and being silly and so during the interview, it's this weird combination of Jimmy and Dick talking and laughing and goofing the whole time, and then Matt Elwell, the executive director, having to come in and sort of be like, uh, now, hold on, let me clear something up here. You know, uh, I, We have to clarify exactly whether we're a franchise or we're not a Or He has to get all the legalese mm-hmm. in there and sort of babysit Dick throughout the entire <laughs> interview.
0: So here it is. So I got involved in college. Uh, there was a woman in our, our amateur theater group but we were there was no um, undergraduate theater program at Delaware so we took ourselves extremely seriously.
8: New choice. Uh, uh,
0: (laughs) I went to school in a shoebox and
7: uh,
0: we know we don't care if we win but we have to make it look like we do so there's these things called dives or if you're in story and you just it's going and going and going somebody has to bow out, but you have to learn how to do it so it doesn't look like you're just quitting. You have to actually look like you're, you're, you've screwed up somehow and you lost. Um, By you know, the is- way, there is no Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> so what I really love, and, and you know now we say that comedy sports is comedy for everyone, is it is a great starting place for culture in general. You know, for a world where their experience of theater was that awful play they had to see as middle schoolers about not to drink and drive, they've never really experienced theater as something that can be really frickin' awesome, right? And we can start them on that path of like, no, you can really just have a good time, have a beer, laugh your butt off, and it's still live theater. The other thing I love about a comedy sports show is it's so slick and it's so professional. Mm -hmm. Where did that come from, Dick? Not me. (laughs) All right, it brings you to Dan. Back to you. Okay. Uh, one of your favorite moments, your best moment of 2015 of Improvner. This was from a
2: more recent uh, episode, probably a few weeks ago. And um, it's a Mike O'Brien episode.
0: From Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Um,
2: and I, like I was telling you before, I don't really... I haven't caught up with Saturday Night Live recently to see who's still on. I thought he was still involved. And to learn that he was, he's not really, but he moved on and he wants to production stuff like you know with videos and all that i um, think
0: occasionally he he's done some bit uh, this year he's done some short films
2: yeah yeah yeah. but like that's mainly what he likes to do yeah. is the, is the short films and um and uh all the production aspect of that which is kind of where i am right now with with that having gone through the io program and uh starting to independent teams one kind of falling by the wayside uh, it just—I don't know that I'm sick of improv, but like I want to focus my efforts more on like video production and, and, and music comedy that way, versus trying to get on all these teams and performing every night and all this stuff like that. Because I don't know—I just—I think my skill set is more suited towards um, doing doing that music comedy. This feels for, like a job for, for interview. Video. You've got the job. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Another year. Uh, so that's I really liked him when he was talking all about um, just like just doing videos and realizing that he that he um, that like that initial what was it the initial like feeling of um, when he when he when he was talking about his his, his first sketch that was on on the Saturday Night Live and he was, had tears and overjoy and stuff like that when he, that feeling kind of went away that's when he kind of knew that he wanted to kind of more do just like the videos and. um, and getting his voice out there and stuff like that. And he had his whole album too, his comedy T- album, KC Radio. Yeah, it's pretty good. I, I really like it. It's so like just that kind of stuff is is the kind of what I'm looking towards now since so I really related to it. So, so
0: here's that clip. Yeah. Why do you think that you, your sensibility plays out better in a, a short film than it does in a sketch? I don't know.
2: I think maybe because it's less uh, big characters and hard jokes than, um, and so the overall vibe and uncomfortableness and you can be manipulating through music and longer takes here and shorter ones here and that as opposed to like Farley like we were talking about is just so exuberant right away and so, so much bigger than me and his performing style that uh that might read to a live audience right away and um and uh in the videos i can um manipulate the smallness of it maybe
0: all right now it's to you lauren the head of the interns are you ready yeah this um, is your second pick for your best moment of 2015.
3: yes i have to say that the episode with judy fabjans and her partner kelly beeman that we recorded at sketchfest At Stage 773 last January was an amazing, amazing show. Um,
0: What made it so amazing?
3: Well, if you don't know, Judy Fabjance has cancer. She has brain cancer. Um, And it was just um, really moving. And um, to hear both sides, you know, her struggle with it and also Kelly's struggle. Uh, with being the caregiver but how they turned that into comedy they created a sketch show out of their pain Um, it was just a lovely love story and um, the clip that I want to play is the song that the two of them wrote and performed together Um, if you don't start crying after you listen to this you just don't have a heart
0: here is that clip (laughs)
7: down I'm up. Doctors say it's a common thing, the ups and downs that cancer brings. This balancing act keeps us intact. It comes from love. No matter the weather That'll get us through Me and you You love watching TV You'd rather sleep in You cry all the time You keep it all in You drink when you're down Let the eating begin We both like football and tea love to cuddle our problems away. Sometimes my hand wanders astray. I usually block you, which means no way. With you, I want to grow gray. I promise to love you until Make a great pair one with and without hair we're in this together no matter the weather that'll get us through that'll get us through that'll get us through me and you
0: yeah that was very moving I think we all are, are and and we're going to keep with the sadness because you know I'm sad deep down. I'm all about sad comedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I just don't teach more sad comedy. You yeah, have
2: like a workshop? You, know, you have the truth, <laughs> like, like the...
0: Comedy of sad. I don't know. Art of sad comedy. Art of sad comedy. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Slow sad
2: comedy. Yeah, just slow sad comedy. <laughs> the picture for it would be just you in like a mime and the tear.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right, and then you'd come in, and there'd be, it'd all be dark, and there'd be couches. You just sit on couches for like hours, and whenever you want to get, <laughs> we got half the something. show. Yeah, right there. Done. Um, mine is Anthony LeBlanc, and Anthony is a director at uh, Second City, and he directed uh, the ETC review uh, Soul Brother. We're out there which was a a great show. And what I liked about Anthony was he came from a very, like an engineering background. And his goal was he wanted to be in Nassau. And really improv was was kind of like getting in the way of, of him going to Nassau. And he talks about the moment where he realizes this is years and years of doing improv. When he finally makes it on main stage, he's like, hey, you know. I think this is a career for me. But the part that I liked the best was when he talks about at the beginning of this episode about his brother dying. And uh, I don't know if he's, he's revealed many details about it, but it seemed like he, the, on Improv Nerd, he did. But not yeah. only did he reveal uh, the death of his brother and talk about that, but how that inspired him with his career. And here's that clip now.
4: Uh, but my brother... Was always the outgoing person in my family. He was the very he, he did political science. He was a, he was the, on captain debate team. He was super popular at high in high school. We were nine years apart, uh, and we went to the same high school. But pe- teachers still remembered him, and we're still like, "Oh, you're David's little brother," uh, and it, it was a big deal, um, you know, for me that. You know, throughout my life, I was always associated with him because I did look up to him. I I, I loved him. He's one of the few people I did love. Uh, and when he passed away, um, I remember you know, kind of the two events that still kind of in my life that kind of motivate me is I don't celebrate my birthday, uh, and that's specifically attached to my brother. Did he uh, die
0: on your birthday? He did
4: not. But the last time, uh, so he uh, he had AIDS. Uh, and he died of a complication, uh, mm-hmm. which was he had Crohn's disease we didn't know until after mm-hmm. uh, that started to affect his body. Mm-hmm. So he had a pretty rapid degeneration from when we found out to when it actually he actually wound up uh, getting super ill. And I remember, um, on, I, uh, so this is a big secret, and now the internet will all know, uh, I was, I, my birthday's in March, uh, and I remember going for spring break to visit him. So it was like a couple of weeks before, uh, and he was fine. And then, and that was like February-ish for us, because the Mardi Gras world kind of lines up with that. Uh, And I remember then, you know, whenever he started to get ill on my birthday, near the end of March, um, my mom calling me uh, before going to school, because she's a nurse, and so she was in New Orleans with him uh, while he was in the hospital, uh, and saying, "Your Brother wants to talk to you. Uh, And a week before... Uh, or a week and a half before, we had had a conversation about how he was going to get to possibly move home because my mom was a nurse, she could take care of him. He really wanted to learn to play the guitar because he started but didn't finish, and I played guitar. And it was a big thing. He wanted me to teach him all these things uh, and that we get to spend time together. Uh, And then on my birthday, when he called, um, he picked up that phone, and then I couldn't understand a word he was saying. Uh, And it was this weird thing of, like, hearing his voice but not making it out and then hearing him cry on the phone because he knew I couldn't understand what he was saying. And then my mom taking the phone from him and saying, your brother said he loves you and he want to tell you happy birthday and I could hear him in the background crying. Uh, and that was the last time I ever heard his voice. Um, and um, so for me, that was, uh, I never saw my birthday ever again because of that. Um, but for me in my life, I, I then spent the rest of my time um, because the day that he died, I was very involved in school and things, and I was like, I gotta do this thing, I gotta do this thing, and I didn't go visit him the day he died, when my parents begged me to go. And I didn't understand, I think at the time, how, how far along he was. Uh, and um, I, I then, after that kind of played out the way it did, I spent, and have been spending the rest of my life, doing things that my brother would do. So I started to make choices in my life that would be things he would do, I wouldn't do. So um, I decided to go to school in New Orleans. Um, I decided to, um, to to get involved, and when people asked me to do things, I said yes instead of no. Um, and I then started making these awesome choices, and this my life changed when I went to college, all making choices that I think my brother would have done instead of my natural default.
0: Lauren, anybody you want to thank? You. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, we need to thank Jimmy. Yeah, for making this all possible. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'd like to thank uh, our interns, Ashton, Alex, Alex Nina. Nina, Diana. D- Diana. I mean, we had a great, great staff this time. Really great staff. Uh, Can I, yes, she just. I think she was being sincere when
2: she said that, but like, you didn't really take it like you were, Oh, I. Sincere. I don't know how to <laughs> take a compliment. I do not know how to take a compliment. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you thanking me for?
3: You run the whole thing.
2: Whose idea was improv there to begin with? Yours, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, the, the, the story is that uh, I wanted to go back and interview improvisers and do a live show, and I met with two friends, and we sat down, and I said, I want to do, I want to interview them, and then I want to like to improvise with them. And I felt a little shame about that. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I felt cheap, like, you know, it was very gimmicky, and that's the thing that seems to uh, make this podcast different than other podcasts, the really? improv part of it. Cool. Yes. Jesse Kunath taking oh, pictures. Oh, 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 we can't forget Jesse. Yeah.
1: She, she, her job is to come in and take pictures, and she does way more than that all voluntarily. She gets there, and she sets up the chairs and does a million more things than she is asked to do. So we're mm-hmm. all very grateful for that. And her pictures are good.
0: Pictures are great.
2: Now Before we go, because we got to wrap this up. Yeah. Uh, what's one thing? Now, it's been a year since I've asked this question. What's one thing... That you would tell improvisers starting out today.
0: Mm, yeah, starting out today. Me? Yeah. What did I say last year? I don't, I don't remember. Want, I don't want to repeat myself. Well, I mean, we'll it see. It might
3: be good advice, dude. Yeah, yeah. I can yeah. Have to say okay. This can is down.
0: this is what I would say. Sure. I was a mess when I started improv, emotional mess, and I thought that uh, my improv team would solve my psychological problems. Yeah. If you have issues, alcohol, drugs, food, whatever it is, get outside help. You know. Also. Find people that can support you outside of improv, yeah. to with your emotional stuff. Because on stage we have to yes, in and, and we agree. It's not the same off stage. But if if I was in mental, if I was in good mental, had good mental health when I started out, I would. Who who knows where I'd be? We'd probably be recording this in my home in Malibu because <laughs> because of that, I turned down a lot of big, not big, some, some opportunities that I wish I would have said yes to.
2: Huh, okay, well.
0: Get support. That's my message for 2016. Get support. You need it. You deserve it. Get into therapy. Take care of yourselves. Be kind to yourself. Self care. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. Does that work for you? I think that works for me. I'll, yeah. I'll,
1: I'll accept that answer. Yeah, you yeah, accept? Yeah. That? I'll allow it? it.
0: Okay. Great. great. Sam and Dan. Is it Lauren? You accepting that? Sounds good. And there you have it. Another episode of Improv Nerds in the Can. And it is our last episode of 2015. I want to thank our guests, Dan Schiffmacher, Sam Bowers, and Lauren Corain for being a part of this episode and sharing with us their favorite moments of 2015. Of course, I want to thank Stage 773 for hosting us for the live shows here in Chicago and all the wonderful theaters and festivals. I went and did Live Improv Nerds in 2015. Uh, I would like to thank Dan Schiffmacher for putting this episode together because he's the one who makes me sound so slick and so professional. If it wasn't for Dan, you wouldn't be hearing my voice or any of the episodes in 2015. For more information about me, Jimmy Corain, and my award-winning Art of Slow Comedy Improv classes here in Chicago, and to sign up for my newsletter and get the Improv Nerd blog, just go to jimmykerrane.com. Also, as you know, we're taking over social media, and we're doing this uh, first with Facebook. So go to the Improv Nerd Facebook page and like us because it really helps with my low self-esteem, and then follow us on Twitter at Improv Underscore Nerd, and then our YouTube channel, which I spoke about earlier, which is Improv Nerd Podcast, all one word YouTube channel. We're. Lucky to be part of a podcast collective called feral audio and they have some wonderful innovative and hilarious podcasts on there people like chelsea peretti uh dan Harmon, steve agey todd berry jimmy corain i'm gonna throw my name in there what the hell it's the end of the year and that's at feralaudio.com i'd like to thank both my sponsors today McNapier's new book, Behind the Scenes, Improvising Long Form, which is available at the Annoyance Theater in Chicago or online at Amazon.com. And also the Houston Improv Festival. It's a wonderful festival. I've been down there, and I've had a blast. You can submit for only $25, and submissions are open through January 31st. Go to HoustonImprovFestivals.com slash submissions. And of course, I want to thank you for listening, not only for this episode, but throughout the year, because I couldn't do this without you. And until next time, remember, walk, don't run.
5: Hello.